0: So uh, last week I talked a little bit about legacy and my own legacy in uh, the family I grew up in and I just want to build on that a little bit today and I would love it if you interacted with me today and it wouldn't be such a freezing cold (coughs) Angolan military chair experience for you guys. Um, If you didn't know, these chairs are from Gumtree and they were surplus for the Angolan military and we managed to get 100 chairs and uh, we've never looked back. and uh, hopefully in the near future we won't be sitting on them without cushions eh? i really want to just honor those of you that have come time in and time out again sitting on these gold green cold chairs um who would agree that the church is people yeah you would agree so you are the church we are the church you would agree We've confused that a little bit now and then, but I think generally we get that, that the church is people. And people are living, moving, irritating, loving kind of beings. So we are this living, org- I almost said orgasm, is that wrong? But yeah, I guess in the presence of God you could say, it's a communal, with our clothes on, safe kind of, Yeah, I'm going to get sidetracked now. Do not watch the wild, wild country. That's when things go wrong. In cults, okay, watch out, you'll get hypnotized just watching that show. End up all taking their clothes off and having these group things, and it's just not cool. But it was started out as something quite pure, and then it just goes down the wrong, wrong road like I'm doing now. <laughs> the church is people, and I think just to, to start with that, I want to read something from you. If you haven't read anything of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's stuff, if you don't know who he is just to tell you he's one of the most my one of my most favorite people and so you should probably start by just reading his life story just to get an understanding of him but he was a, a german guy who was eventually murdered by the nazis right two weeks before the end of the war and in during the war he he, he just had an amazing faith and he walked out such an amazing walk with god and was known as just someone who really was pushing into what the church ought to be. And he's got a book he's called that he calls Life Together. He's got a few other books. And just to tell you this, this so they had an experiment where they took a whole group of people it was only men in, um, and they went and lived sort of in a home near the coast. I can't remember exactly which part of Germany, but they they lived there and they had like a communal shared life and they had a lovely routine and they had daily prayers and worship and they had a, a really like fantastic time, sort of monastic kind of thing. And one of the things he said that stands out to me about this is that what keeps us together is faith not experience and I just wanted to highlight that to you guys again today just to to remind you that you know church is people and what's really bonding us together is our faith it's not it's sometimes our experiences that sort of help us remember our, our faith but what really has gathered us together as this church is the same faith we share a faith and that's a living, real, alive active faith that we all have it's a, it's a faith that causes movement for us. It's, we were drawn to Jesus, but then we also moved and took a sort of a step, if that makes sense. So you could, you could argue that we are the ones who've taken a step. We could, we could say to someone, yeah, sorry, I can't come on Sunday because I'm going to the group that meets called the ones who've taken a step. Of So faith is what we've gathered around. It's our faith, our shared faith in Jesus, and it, it frees us to remember that we don't have to always like the experiences we're having with each other. Not that we're all, all of a sudden giving license to have to be ir- irritating and terrible to each other, or to be weird. But faith is at the centre. Faith is at the core of what, what is bonding us, and it just frees us because then we can just grow and we can just because it's what we have in common that will bind us like that. So just say to someone next to you, "I believe," and that's why I'm sitting next to you. And if you don't yet believe, I hope you believe soon. And you know, as, our, as the challenges come and the changes come and the things that come at us come, it's the faith that we all have in common that will keep us together, that will keep us moving forward. It's the faith that we have in common. You know, something my mother said to me many times, I stuck it on my, on my wall when I used to have a desk. Today you are going to have a hardship. When you accept that and, 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 and know that it is coming, you'll be able to, be, to handle it with a much better attitude. i sort of change the way I say it every time I say that. I'd love to get her exact words again, but we know things are going to come at us, but it's the faith that we have in common because we've, we've made a decision to be people of faith and that's what sets us up to be able to move towards things, to take on things and know, knowing that, yeah, there's going to be hardship, there's going to be challenges, there's going to be stuff that's going to come at us. So I want to tell you, read you a little story, a very short story quickly. <clears throat> there was a rabbi called Zuska. And on his deathbed, he was asked what he thought about the kingdom of God, would, what he thought the kingdom of God would be like. And the old rabbi thought for a long time, and then he replied, Does everyone know what the kingdom of God is, quickly? Sort of, I think in this, they're talking about the place you go when you die. But for us, it's, it's that, and it's him being amongst us, and having his full authority, and everything being made right. So the kingdom of, what would the kingdom of God be like? And he thought about it for a long time, and then he replied, and he said, I don't really know but one thing I do know, is when I get there, I'm not going to be asked, why weren't you Moses? Or why weren't you David? I'm going to be asked, why weren't you Zuzka? Isn't that powerful? It, there was no comparison, no, nothing that sort of held him, that he had to have been besides Zuzka. Just say Zuska to someone. Okay? Zuska. It's quite nice. It sounds, I don't know the way I'm pronouncing it, but I mean, it could be Russian or it could be anything. I don't know. Yiddish. It's a rabbi, so. Zuska. Yeah, I'm really stirred to, to, to have a chance to share with you guys the things that God's been doing in my heart and take this opportunity to talk about Zuska. Lack of word, eh? Zuska. Because I've been uh, wrestling for me with what is Zuska for me for a long time. And trying to find the zuska. I love this word. It's just become one of my favorite words. Yeah? It is. It's quite nice. It's a nice word. To find your zuska. It's another word for mojo. Find your zuska. Yeah? It works. Some are looking at me like, no, that will not go down. And um, for me, a lot of this turmoil has really been that I've been very heavily divided in the way I've, trying to, I've tried to be Zuska. And um, from now on, when I say Zuska I'm talking about me. And doing a number of different things in terms of my work and my interests and my passions and all these things. And I've been on this journey for a long time of God really stripping and narrowing me down into a kind of a funnel where He wonderfully forces you through the bottleneck and you look at the bottleneck and you go I don't really want to go and narrowed into that bottleneck but while you're in on that slippery slope going down being pulled out of the bottleneck you're saying Jesus is the best place I could ever be so it's an interesting spot to be where you where you you've, 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 you've fought to not get into the bottleneck but at the same time when you're there you think geez how do, why did I fight this so long this is delightful does that <laughs> make sense yeah. and I think going back to Zuska, it's, it's kind of like you, you want to be Moses and you want to be who else do you want to be all the other prophets. And actually, you just need to be bottlenecked and become Zoska. Yeah? Anyone relate to that? You're trying to be a sibling or you're trying to be a hero or you're trying to be, but you're not just relaxing into you and being you and allowing God to strip away and break you down and just to say, I've surrendered myself to you and I will, take me through the bottleneck, let's go. Pour me out like a fine wine. I was pouring wine last night and I put on that little, what do you call it, spigot or sort of, it, it airs the wine aerates the yeah. it makes it do and it's just wonderful it, even, it narrows it even more than the bottle does and that's what the father's doing with us all the time he's just constantly on this work to narrow us and they say that obviously the, the, the smaller and the more sort of uh, interfered with the more air and the more wonderful the wine will get so isn't that a prophetic picture for all of us being narrowed into a tinier bottleneck than we were willing to be so God gives us; um, He's really gentle, and He gives us space to 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 respond to Him um, and His call. And He's been doing that with me. And I'm just going to pick up from where I left on off last week on this a bit. Um, I was talking about legacy, and uh, you saw that wonderful picture of my parents baptizing people in the warm Eastern Cape water, where it's a, where it's actually attractive to get baptized in the sea. And um, um, so I I was in that environment all my all my life and uh, I don't know at what, exactly at what point that was, I think that was, I was probably not born yet when those pictures were taken, but it was about the age of five that God really called me to His purposes, to be poured out like a fine wine and, and I think the process that I'm talking about today is, what does that wine look like for me and I'm hoping that my story and a bit of the things I've picked up are going to pull something out of you. I can't really give you anything new today. I can only hope that there's something already in you that the Spirit will highlight and elevate in you. And so it was about five years old when God called me. And um, I haven't always known that it was five. That was something that someone's helped me um, get to through a prophetic encounter I had with them and just some time I had with them of really just hearing the Spirit talking to me. And he took me back to a memory of that. And it was just profound, just of hearing the voice of God at an early age at five. And I never knew it was that young. But what happened to me at 10 was, this, was a moment when I made a vow. My parents got heavily betrayed by someone in their church and it was the most traumatic time for me as a 10-year-old. And I was like kind of right in the middle of this thing and, and, uh, and some things were said that in response to them I just shut down. And I just said, you know, if this is the kind of pain that can be caused by the church, us, the wonderful people of faith, I don't want to be part of it. I don't want to give myself to it i don't want to allow myself to be hurt like that and we've all done those kind of things have we not (coughs) so that comes up at the end as my question to you some of the vows but i made that vow when i was 10 and i didn't also i also didn't know that and that the spirit highlighted that to me a couple of years ago when i did a sozo which i recommend to all of you to do It's this healing facilitated healing prayer time and he he showed me this memory again and god's been doing this with me the last few years of just showing me very specific things and when he shows you, you go like geez that's not just that's not just a picture that's like I remember that that's real that was that happened and he shows you something and he just unlocks and helps you to go back there and to invite him into that place and to make a different different decision or different choice so where you know when when I was 10 and I was in my ignorance sort of not knowing I was trying to protect myself it wasn't necessarily bad that I made that vow it was just self-preservation but through the grace of God we get to go back there and we get to then have an opportunity to say um, okay, I, I know when I was 10, my, my response was to make this vow, but now in my, in my position of knowing you, Jesus, and knowing what you've called me to, I'm going to go back and make a different response. And I'm going to start to operate from that. Even though the time that's passed has been affected, I'm going to affect the time that's coming by my new choice. So we get to do that, and that's the grace of God in our lives. And, and so for, for the last, I'm 33 now, so for the last sort of 23 years, uh, it's been a really wonderful process walking with the lord um highs and lows and running away from him and coming back to him and being silly and, and then trying to get get to him and hitting myself and then re- realizing that doesn't get you closer and then learning about grace and just understanding sonship and all this i was baptized in water when i was 16 and that's why malawi has such a special place for me I, it happened on the lake in malawi and it was just a fantastic time and um in this, in this journey of just trying to find the trail that I must navigate with God I just want to say that you know God will never lead us down something we don't want to be led down He's so kind and generous and gracious He'll never force us He never He never manipulates us He's not a manipulative person He, he will always allow us to say no when we don't want to and for me the, the great example of that is that I made a vow when I was 10 and I said no to something and God actually honored that vow he allowed that vow to exist for a long time until I went back to Him and said, I don't want that to exist anymore. And, he, and, and, and so even with the bad things, as I say, he'll, he, will, he, won't, he won't step over the line of our free will because He doesn't need to. He's that loving. Because when, when we have an encounter with God, we, we discover something of Him that actually moves us past wanting to know Him as a sort of authoritarian person because we discover the love of God first. It's the kindness of God that draws us. Yeah. So, if you haven't repented in a while, it's just because you're forgetting how kind God is. That's kind of just, you know, He's just so kind, He's so loving all the time. So we just get a, a glimpse of, wow, you're so kind, you've drawn me in that way. It's fantastic. Wow, geez, how could I ever have not just humbled myself and just been at your feet again? But, yeah, as I say in the last... 20 odd years, I think, going this way and that and fighting God and then loving Him and being drawn to Him. It's been a wonderful process with Him and He's been so, so gracious. Um, and I want to read you something. There's this guy, I really like this guy. His name's Timothy Shriver. He wrote a book called Fully Alive Discovering What Matters Most. And, um, His mother started the Special Olympics, so he's got a real connection to to unique people. He says this, God was not out there waiting for me to perform some kind of act of brilliance or fame, but was rather within. God's presence wasn't to be sought in grand designs, but in profound simplicity. The faith that had so animated my search had been missing the critical piece, God's satisfaction with me, which I had no need to earn. Isn't that nice? The faith that had so animated my search had been missing the critical piece. God's satisfaction with me, which I had no need to earn. Just hear that for a second. Close your eyes. God is satisfied with you right now, right there, as you are, without having done anything, without having moved anywhere, been someone else. You. God is satisfied with you. You are the delight. He's satisfied with you. And we just break any other voice that might have... Interfered with that, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Say amen with me because then you take it, you hold it. He's satisfied with you. And so, um, this process for me just really has been learning, you know, that God actually delights and is satisfied. If I, I go left or if I go right, He's still satisfied. He just delights in me. And I feel like that's the journey He's got us all on. You can you can you literally can choose the up or the down and god's still gonna be satisfied with you and it's irrelevant of how long or how short it takes you to get to finding your lane but you but he's always satisfied with you and when you find your lane you'll only discover that he's satisfied with you that's it that's your lane that's our lane okay um in 2017 i had a dream and in this dream i was reading jeremiah 1 and so i felt like just unpacking this i know i've done this a a couple of times with us before but I've just felt like it came to me again so I'm going to read it out of the message today and um, just pick out a few things and then I'll wrap this up so Jeremiah has anyone read Eugene Peterson's book Running uh, with Horses? anybody? yeah? I want to say I would say that's in the top three reads of your life anybody? you agree? that book can shape you like it can shape you. I know I was saying that um, that other book outside on the table is good, but Running with Horses is in the top three books of your life. Okay, I'm being serious. That's a theological training book. This is a book that will shape your life. So make a note, go and download it. Running with Horses by Eugene Peterson. He's the guy who translated the message and paraphrased it. And so that. Every time I read anything in Jeremiah, I've got this framework for the whole of Jeremiah's life coming to me from running with horses because it's a study of, the, of Jeremiah's life. We're just going to pick up in Jeremiah 1 out of the message. So, in the beginning, he says this the message, this is the message of Jeremiah, son of uh, a whole lot of sons and Benjamin and all these things. And then, <clears throat> and then this is what God said to him. Okay, I'm just jumping right ahead. Um, that's verse 1 to 4, framing it all. Um, Verse 5. Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. A prophet to the nations. That's what I had in mind for you. Before we've known anything, God has known us. Before we know, before we even begin to know, He says, I've known you. Isn't that freeing? Before we've caused the ripple this way or that he's known us before he shaped us in the womb he already knew us and we were a design a thought something in in the eye in the heart of God and he had plans for us I think think something that a lot of us need to, to move towards is being freed of having our own plans and allowing God to have plans for us and learning how to journey with God to discover what his plans are for us and not trying to find out what the plan is but rather what is the plan that he has. This is a sense of like, let's make a plan versus God has a plan. How can I draw closer to God to discover the plan that he has for, a, for me? So verse 6, But I said, Hold it, Master, look at me. I don't know anything. I'm only a boy. And God told me, Don't say I'm only a boy. I'll tell you where to go and, I'll tell you, I'll, and, I'll, and you'll go there. I'll tell you what to say and you'll say it. Don't be afraid of a soul. I'll be right there looking after you. Who's recently disqualified themselves? Recently? Anyone? Good. Point. We back you back yourself. We back nice, ourselves. James. James and Sarah back themselves. They don't ever. They're very. Sarah's lived in America. She's got that confidence yeah. to back yourself, to just put it out there. This is my time. This is my time. So. Verse 9, God reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I've put my words in your mouth, hand delivered them. See what I've done. I've given you a job to do among nations and governments in a red, let, a red letter day. Your job is to pull, pull up and tear down, take apart and demolish. And then to start over and to build and plant. And you know, for me, um, I'm, I'm, I'm highlighting some of my things, but I feel like there's a lot of stuff in here for all of us about our callings in our life. For me, I've had so many prophetic words about being someone who stands outside of what's normal or outside of the box or however you want to phrase it or a voice of something different or alternative or you know all those terrible things they say to teenagers, you know that stuff. (laughs) You've got this or you've got this, you've got this, you look at the guy and you go like leave me alone, I don't need another confusing situation to note in my journal. and then you go and you look at it and you don't know how to hold the words and you think, okay, that word says I'm there but I'm here and jeez, and this and this. We'll get to that. The, the picture that I have for, for a lot of us is coming out of my own life is God says something to you and it doesn't always make sense at the time. But we have to learn how to hold it. We have to learn how to hold it. And He's only showing me this stuff now in the last couple of months about how some of those words are connecting and showing me that, that he actually has given me a gift of breaking down and looking at things from a different slant. But the only reason that it's there is to build. It's not just to break, it's to build. And so it's connected and there's this there's this thing, he spoke to Jeremiah just saying that you're gonna have this ability to, to tear it all down and to from that point build something up that will be a holy, a holy thing, something that'll be different, something that'll be what I, what I desire. And so that's just a small part that God's been showing me in, in, in this revelation that as I've been reading this over and over again, and there was, a, there was a, I think it was a full year from sort of middle of 2017, 2018, I read this chapter every single day, different translations and I read it, and there's some stuff that God said to many of us that has confused us and I'm just giving you a perspective that He's going to, he's going to begin to open it up for us now. Um, Verse 11, God's message came to me, what do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, I see a walking stick, that's all. And God said, good eyes, I'm sticking with you. I'll make every word I give you come true. And God's message came again, so what do you see now? And I said, I see a boiling pot tipped down toward us. And then God told me, disaster will pour out of the north on everything, everyone living in this land. Watch for this, I'm calling all the kings of the north, God's decree. Then he says a whole lot about how God actually brought the disaster and he brings the destruction and he calls them all out from the north from all sides and that they will have no chance to stand up against them. And and God has sent the destroyers to to take down um, Jerusalem. And um, and then 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 I'm going to jump ahead to verse um, 17. But you get up on your feet... um, Even though this disaster is coming, you get up on your feet and get dressed for work. Stand up and say your piece. Say exactly what I tell you to say. Don't pull your own punches or or I'll pull you out of the lineup. Stand at attention while I prepare you for your work. I'm making you as impregnable as a castle, immovable as a steel post, solid as a concrete block. You're a one-man defense system against this culture. Against Judas kings and princes, against the priests and local leaders. They'll fight you, but they won't even scratch you. I'll back you up every inch of the way. How many of you would love to have that all said about you? I will make you impenetrable, unscratchable. Could get, could get maybe um like a gospel song going on you. You're impenetrable. You're unscratchable. And you start to go. Anything? What am I missing? You're unbreakable. And then the beat, and then the choir, and then we go. I, I think, may, it's, it's, you know, the, God gave me this chapter, but I think what, what is specific for me is that choosing to believe, to have faith, is not actually choosing to, to step out of the challenges, of the stuff that's coming at us, of the everyday. Choosing to have faith is actually deciding to go into it is to go right into the heart of it and a lot of the the sort of disqualifying that we get thrown at us as Christians of people who seem to be silly because we believe in fairies is because there's this perspective that okay faith is actually a way of escaping having faith or having a belief is actually getting out and just having this place you go to that calms you and then enables you to come back into what's real and it's actually the opposite Being people of faith is deciding to be at the center and allow the stuff to come at us. But having faith establishes us to do that. And it's not this running and escaping. So, I just want to say one last thing about Jeremiah quickly. The life of Jeremiah for me, and this is something Eugene said in Running with Horses, his biggest fear was that God would give him the things that he wanted And not get the things that God wanted and I really believe that God wants to set us up as people who have had a word like Jeremiah 1 spoken over our lives where he said some stuff he said these things are going to come and this is all going to happen and then he's also said some promises and some declarations over us and we get to say those are the things which by faith I'm established in I read something the other day was talking about how you know even the promises God made to Abraham are ours in Christ there's so many promises throughout the scripture that are all ours because Jesus is the fulfillment, the final word of God who actually is the culmination of everything of God coming. And so everything that He's done and spoken before that is good is, is in Christ. This is like this. So those promises and those things that have been spoken to us over many years, I just felt like as we, as, as we end this today, I want to t- take a moment where we pray and we welcome God again to stir us to the extent that someone like Jeremiah was able to be ready to stand as the things were coming because we know what he's spoken. And, and it's been confusing for a lot of us because like I said earlier, some stuff's been spoken over you that that's, hasn't been good or some things have, been, have happened where we've made vows and it's time to shift them and to actually allow ourselves to make new vows with the Father, to go after th- the things that He wants, not the things we, towards the things we made in error or in ignorance. And he's kind, he's, he's gentle. He just lets us come right right back. Yeah, you were, you were 10. You can let that go. That's fine. You didn't even know. You could just honor me now with your life, and that'll be enough. because that's my plan for you. That's what God's been saying to me, just over and over again. Just, OK, well, that's fine. Uh, time, time wasted, whatever. It, it's not wasted. God's been forming and using and shifting. And so you can honor me now. And uh, has anyone seen that movie "Free Solo? Not yet. It's uh, about the guy who climbs El Capitan. Brad, you like it. Anyone seen it? It's good, eh? Jeez, it's scary. Mm-hmm. We watched it on the plane and I was sweating. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this guy climbs with no ropes in Yosemite up. It's a, the, the largest ever free solo, free climb without ropes. And I'm just thinking about us all as these people who start to get sight, catch sight of something which enables you to do something that extreme. And for most of us, our life right now does feel like this mountain they call El Capitan. You know, it's like this, how am I going to face, how am I going to navigate getting up this thing? And no one's offering me a rope. And we think, we're looking at it and we're saying like, how the EFF am I going to get to the top? And you watch this guy, his name's Alex Honnold, and he and he does a few practice runs and, and there's people around him and one day he chickens out and we all like thinking no he'll never come and he comes back a year later and um, you'll watch it he gets to the top he's alive you know so I'm not a spoiler but <laughs> I spoiled it I spoiled it and he comes back the year later and he manages to, to, to I think they call it traverse yeah traverse this this face massive open rock face like much of our lives feel like right now who feels like that there's sort of this wintry El Capitan in front of you anyone anyone else who didn't raise their hand who wants a second chance <laughs> but I just love seeing this guy's focus and their preparation I was talking to a um, a dream interpreter the other day who does dream interpretations on the radio and uh, we're just saying that you know tarot readers and these people they spend hours preparing hours in practice and it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an invitation to us as we hear that to say what am I spending hours in practice how am I working on my craft in order to navigate like this guy Alex to the top of El Capitan. And I was quite stirred. I was like, geez, that, we've, always had, we've got this kind of relaxed. Uh, Jesus is with us, so we'll just invite him. It doesn't work like that. We need to know his voice. We need to journey with him, learn how to abide, to be in relationship. God's really been saying that to me a lot, of just saying, can you come to me without a request? Just come to me and say, this moment is about me coming to you because it's nice and then stopping there and then having a pad there, making all the notes, making the to-do list and eventually it all slowly empties out of my brain and I'm empty and I've got everything jotted down for like seven years of to-do lists and I'm finally available to just be with the presence of God. So that's my, my practical tip for all of you. You need about 17 pages ready next to you and then your brain will finally shut down and you'll be able to through praying in tongues and just to be able to begin to practice His presence. But we need to learn to practice like that so that we can actually be who God's called us to be, to walk into these things. Yeah? So, stand with me. I'm going to ask you some questions to close. Okay. Ask uh, just a starting question. Who, who feels like they don't know where they're going? Anyone? It is like no shame, yeah? I mean, we're all monkeys. There's <laughs> no shame. It's just absolutely none. Who feels like they don't know where they're going? Anyone? A lot of people? Everyone? Who's leading us? <laughs> where are we going? I just want to tell those people this thing. The father's been speaking to me. We don't know where we're going but we know the one who we're going with yeah i think it's been on a poster with two two bare feet in the, on the beach before at a holiday house the with the eagle there and everything we don't know where we're going but we know the one with whom we walk with and then there's a starfish being thrown into the sea <laughs> i think i'm blending some posters yeah. <laughs> the most important thing is there is no destination. It's a journey with the Father. As they walked with Him on the road to Emmaus, their hearts burnt within Him. That's what He's invited us to. As we walk with Him so that our hearts will burn within us. Yeah? So there's, there's not going to ever be a full where. There's only ever going to be a full who. Okay, so here's the questions. one. Yeah? Anyone know the call over their life right now? A sense of clarity? We're gonna do hands. Anyone got a sense of clarity like, yeah, good. Yeah, there's no, I mean, it's not a trick question. Cause he's been stirring stuff in you and he's spoken things for for many years and there's seeds of it. So if you know like 10%, raise your hand. This is a call that I've been called to. These are the things that I feel God's drawn me to, to be that kind of person to walk in these things. Yeah. or you know the plans he has for you another way of saying it then I want to ask you this question that I was asked which really was helpful to me was what are the vows and we're going to ask Jesus this question together so Jesus what are the vows that I've made that are interfering with the call you have on my life so we're going to take a moment to do that quickly so you can actually physically say it out Jesus what are the vows that I've made that are interfering with the call that's over my life I'm just going to stop there and he's going to pop something into your mind we thank you for your spirit that's moving amongst us Jesus and that you bring freedom and you bring revelation right now to anyone who's seeking revelation you'll bring it and we speak revelation right now that we would see and know the areas where we've made vows and promises that are contrary to the call that you have over our lives as people and then let's ask him this this next question Jesus what do you want me to do now that I know what this vow is So Jesus, what do you want me to do now that I know this vow? So yeah, as we're in this place, I just declare the promises of God again, the favor of God, the love of God on our lives, that He was with us in the moments where we made those vows. He was with us in the moments where we chose this or that. And he's, He's always, always satisfied in us. That's His position towards us. God is satisfied with us as we are before or after the vow, with or whatever we've done this morning, the shifts that we do or don't make. He is satisfied with us. God is satisfied with us. He doesn't like some of the things we do, but He's satisfied with us. So i just break any disqualification off anyone in the room right now. In the name of Jesus, I just thank you, Father, for your presence that's here. That you, that you come with a qualifying spirit again. And, you, and we've heard your love and your voice again this morning together. And corporately, we agree with you, Jesus. And we say thank you for your satisfaction in us. Thank you for the calls that you have over our lives move us and shift us where we've made vows that need to be broken we want to be people on move with you walking in step with you we don't want to spend 23 years that we could have spent in this way we want to spend them right at your side the hearts burning within us and that's that's specifically why we sang that song earlier this morning about start a fire in our hearts and that's our prayer father for our church for us as people that you'd light a fire in us jesus to be people of your presence to be people of your presence god Come and light a light of fire in us. Stir us again, Father. Draw us to yourself like we haven't yet known. That we think we've tasted some stuff in the past, but that this next, this next encounter would blow us away. So I'll just speak of revelation over each one of you now in the times in this week coming where you, where you begin to go to the Father because He's nice. Because He's good. Because you just want to be with Him without a request. Just to be with Him to learn to cherish and to love his presence. I speak the fullness, the saturated, just a drunkenness over your homes of God's presence. Mm. And we pray for no choking in the kids' room right now. Jesus' name. Whatever's going on there. Speak. Safety and protection of that child. Hmm. so guys it's been a pr- pleasure to be with you today and I hope that um, God's spoken and, and my last encouragement is to talk to someone about this there's so much power in sharing with people you know when I, was, when I did this or when I had this and I, you know I made a vow there or did this and it's just like begins to open us over and over again we need to practice this thing of just sharing our lives with each other so be encouraged I hope it was helpful being here this morning And um, lastly, reminder that there's a box there to give towards Mercy's trip. So thanks for coming and have a fantastic Sunday further. Um, I'll hang around you if you'd like specific prayer. You're welcome to come and ask.